630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Some Oilers action tonight, tomorrow, and Monday afternoon. Eskimos games Sunday afternoon. World Cup of Hockey games tomorrow night and Sunday night. Fun time of year here on 6:30. Chet, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 7:05. Inside Sports on 6:30. Chet, Inside Sports will morph into a live play-by-play broadcast at around 8:30 from Penticton. Oilers young stars against the Canucks young stars. Of course, you'll be hearing about Yessi Pugliarve, fourth overall pick of the Oilers. Back in June, the uh, MVP and top forward from the last World Junior Hockey Championship. He had 17 points in seven games in that tournament. He's expected to be on a line with Drake Kajula and Joey Bennett. Look for Kyle uh, Kyle Platzer, who's been at this tournament a couple other times between Braden Christopher and Patrick Russell. The uh, Patrick Russell, one of the guys the Oilers signed out of the NCAA in the offseason. He got a two-year entry-level contract in May. He played at St. Cloud. State. Chad Butcher. Medicine Hat Tiger last season. He's uh, from not far away from Penticton. He's from Kamloops. He'll be centering Colin Shirley and Greg Chase. Greg Chase, a seventh-round pick of the Oilers back in 2013. Colin Shirley, by the way, recently named uh, the captain of the Kamloops Blazers. Lane Bauer, who's going to be playing his 20-year-old season with the Oil Kings. He was uh, their Oil Kings' leading scorer last season with 65 points. Look for him to be centering Carson Stadnick and Thomas Foster. No Tyler Benson in the lineup tonight. The Oilers drafted him in the second round this year. He's an Edmonton native. He's uh, not going to play. Bit of a bit of a shoulder issue, but nothing serious. He's listed as day-to-day. He got a bit banged up in a double. WHL exhibition game last week playing for the Vancouver Giants. On defense, expect the pairings to be this. Six foot six, Ben Betker playing alongside Ethan Bear. Bear, a 2015 draft pick of the Oilers. He was a Western Conference All-Star in the WHL last season. Caleb Jones along with Matt Benning. Benning, another uh, NCAA signing by the Oilers after three seasons at Northeastern. He played in the AJHL a few years ago with the Spruce Grove Saints. Uh, Peter Shirelli likes him. He drafted him into the Boston Bruins organization in 2012. Never signed a contract, so now he gets a look with Shirelli's Oilers. Marcus Niemelainen with Dallas Valentine on the back end as well. Niemelainen, the Oilers' third-round pick from this year. He's a five, around 200 pounds. Dallas Valentine, 20 years old. He's 6'4", 206, out of the thriving community of Louisiana, Alberta. Population 46. It's uh, east of Red Deer, so I'm sure they're all interested in this game tonight. Nick Ellis is your projected starting goaltender. He got a two-year entry-level contract in April at Providence College last season. Pretty good. 9.36 save percentage, 1.80 goals against average, and uh, he was 25-7-4. So that's how we expect the Oilers to uh, line up tonight, their first of three games here in Penticton. Baseball scoreboard tonight, by the way. The Blue Jays not yet underway. The Rays lead the Orioles 4-3 in the top of the eighth. The Red Sox lead the Yankees 3-2. That game in the bottom of the sixth. In the CFL, late in the third quarter, Hamilton at home up 
14-9 on Montreal. University football tonight in Manitoba leading Alberta by a score of 23-10 halfway through the second quarter. That game is uh, in Winnipeg. Uh, Morley Scott is in Regina. He's going to join us in about half an hour to preview the uh, Eskimos and Rough Riders game. You can always reach us here by texting 63630. Our open line is 7804960063. Email inside sports at 630jet.com and on Twitter you can get me at Reed Wilkins. We are uh, hoping to connect. Do we have uh, Stan on the line, Kellen? We don't have him. Okay, that's all right. We're uh, hoping to connect with Stan Marple, the general manager of uh, the U of A Golden Bears uh, hockey team for a little preview of their season. I, I know the Golden Bears very excited about some of their additions, uh, adding a whole bunch of guys from the Western Hockey League. Uh, uh, Cole Lineker, one of them, who was uh, here last year as an oiler at this Young Stars tournament. Um Goaltender Kenny Cameron, uh, Kenny Cameron out of Nate. That was that Nate team that went 32 and 0 last year in the ACAC and uh, and won the championship. So uh, yeah, we want to talk to Stan about that. We uh, may not connect with him tonight, but uh, we will keep trying. Tell you what we're gonna do. Uh, th- this is this is pretty good. When as a, a second choice, you got a Warren Moon interview in the bank. Uh, we're going to get to that a little later. But, Kellen, why don't we slide that in now? Dave Campbell spoke to Eskimos legend Warren Moon as uh, the Eskimos prepare to go into Taylor Field for the very last time. First, it starts off with Regina, just 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 driving into that place. That uh, that was an eye-opener for you know a guy from Los Angeles, California. Um, it definitely didn't give you the signs of big-time big football, but... Um, <laughs> It was a it was a stadium that uh, I never looked forward to playing in. No question about it. For a lot of different reasons, uh, one of them is because it was a very very windy place to play. It was always a lot of wind there in uh, in in Taylor Field. And if you're a quarterback or if you're a kicker, those are two things you don't want when you're going to play in a football game. Is a lot of wind because it's right there on the prairie. Um, the state the stadium was uh, it was okay, but. The locker room was for the pits. I mean, your locker, your locker basically had a nail, a couple of nails, kind of nailed up there, and that's what you hung your clothes on to get, you know, to get your, uh, to get dressed and get ready to play. It was very cold in there, a lot of concrete, uh, you know, a wood bench, and uh, sometimes you didn't even have hot water after the game was over. So in, in the showers, and that wasn't that very, wasn't very nice either, but. I think the biggest the biggest difficulty in, in Saskatchewan wasn't that great a football team during some of the years I was there, but you would have never known it when we came to Taylor Field to play because their fans showed up. Uh, it was only probably about thirty five thousand of them, but they made about as much noise as sixty thousand people would, and and they were very boisterous. They were very rowdy. They loved when the Eskimos came to town because everybody in town knew we were there, and everybody in town was going to try and do whatever they could to make that game as difficult uh, as they could for us. And their team really fed off that energy. And they played at another level, even though they weren't a very good football team. They always played us very tough, especially there. So I hated going there to play just because of that. Must have felt like a like a big, you know, kind of like a big fight field, a big game feel, uh, no matter what their record was, uh, just because of that atmosphere in, in that stadium. Yeah, I think they just looked forward to the Eskimos coming to town. You know, we were the Great Cup champions most of the time I was there, and and uh, that would make their season, even though they weren't probably having a great year themselves, to knock us off uh, pretty much um, to make their season for them. So they put a lot of energy and a lot of effort into that game that we played against. But it was always a difficult game when we went there and played. 
Um, and it was, you know, you had to have a certain strategy when you went there and played as well because of the wind. It was very, very important that when you had the wind at your back that you tried to score. You know, you had to score points because when you had it in your face, it was going to be hard to throw the football. It was going to be hard to punt the football. I remember Hank Alistic, one of the better punters in the history of the National, I mean, of the uh, Canadian Football League. He he punted the ball one time. It went straight up in the air and came backwards. I think he got minus yards on a punt one time because the wind was so strong there. So you know, you just you definitely have to play the wind at your back and try and score points because you didn't know if you were going to get a chance to score any when the wind was in your face when it was really really strong. It's like someone put a string on the football and pulled it back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a lot of my balls that would just they would just get knocked down by that wind when you were going against it. One of the things I had in my favor is I did have a strong arm, so I could throw it a little bit better into the wind than most other quarterbacks could, but it still was very, very difficult, especially trying to throw those out routes uh, to the outside where that ball was in the air for a long time. Uh, the playing surface is so close to the to the to, to to the stands, and you know every visiting team always comments about how interesting the sideline chatter is because the fans are so close to you. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, what I tried to do was really block all that out of of, um, of my mind and, and try not to listen to everything that was being said because, yeah, they they have some very choice things to say about <laughs> about guys on our football team and some of our guys got into it with some of the crowd, but I I've tried to stay away from that so it wouldn't uh, get me off my game because basically that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to distract you and trying to get you off your game by um, – getting into these conversations with you on the sideline because they were so close in proximity to the bench. So it was, like I said, it was a very tough place to play. Um, their crowd really got into it. Uh, and and I, I hear today their crowd is still one of the best crowds uh, in the, in the uh, Canadian Football League as far as the type of noise that they bring, even though they don't bring a lot of numbers. Very good. Warren, that was great. Thank you so much for your time. Right on, that is Warren Moon, former Eskimos great quarterback, talking to Dave Campbell as we start to tee up for that game in Regina on Sunday. Uh, it is the Eskimos' last visit to that particular stadium, Taylor Field. That is it for this year. they got a brand-new facility opening next year. Always great to have Warren Moon back on the 630 Ched uh, Airwaves. This portion of Inside Sports brought to you by Northlands Park Racetrack and Casino. The Alberta Breeders' Fall Classic returns to Northlands Park tomorrow. Be there for great day of racing. Some uh, other hockey news today. The uh, recently retired Sean Horkoff, who played almost 800 games as an Edmonton Oiler, is now the head of player development for the Detroit Red Wings. So Horkoff moves on to a new opportunity. Just had a uh, bit of a uh, scrap-filled session here at the South Okanagan Event Center in Penticton. The Young Stars game between the Flames and the Jets is not close. Calgary has dominated. Well, it was 2-1 for a long time, but uh, they just got a couple in the third. It's now 4-1 for the Flames. They are out shooting Winnipeg 40-20. There hasn't been any actual hockey action for about the last five minutes because there was a bit of a line brawl. A few Flames players now going to the dressing room and uh, they're trying to sort out all these penalties. 5-16 left in the third period. Oilers and Canucks will play here at 8.30 Edmonton time and we'll have it for you right here on 6.30. Chad, quick timeout from Penticton. It's inside sports. Your-
You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Well, thank you very much for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins coming to you live from the South Okanagan Event Center in Penticton. The annual Young Stars Tournament is underway. 4-1 Calgary leading Winnipeg with three and a half minutes left at 8.30 tonight. We have the uh, Oilers up against the Vancouver Canucks. Oilers Flames tomorrow. Also at 8.30 Edmonton time and then at uh, 12.30 Mountain time on Monday afternoon we'll have the Oilers up against the Winnipeg Jets. Always a fun event here and looking forward to see seeing Jesse Pugliarve play in an Oilers uniform uh, for the first time. Oilers and Golden Bears rookies at Claire Drake Arena on Saturday and then we get right into training camp and uh, what do we have next weekend? We got the Oil Kings sold out home opener next Saturday on Monday the 26th. The Oilers will play their first preseason game against the Calgary Flames. That's actually a split squad contest so we'll have uh, games going on in uh, Edmonton and Calgary at the same time. That's uh, just a way to get more more guys into the lineup by playing two games at the same time. We'll be broadcasting the game of course from Rogers Place. Kellen Kennedy back at the studio in uh, 630 Chet at Edmonton. Kellen, how are you doing, old boy? Doing great. Looking forward to a great uh, kickoff to this tournament tonight, right? Yeah, going to be good. Thanks for uh, working here. Are you working the whole game tonight? Oh, yeah. I'll be here from uh, opening puck drop to the uh, final salvo, if it, if you will. All right. Uh, good man. It's been a, it's been a pretty much a salvo for the Flames in this one tonight. Matthew Kachuk, by the way, and there was a lot of speculation maybe the Oilers would have taken him fourth overall if uh, Pugliarvi hadn't fallen into their laps. He's been uh, pretty physical tonight, uh, taking some penalties, uh, mixed it up a little bit. He was one of the guys escorted off the ice after the big scrum a few minutes ago, so uh, he is certainly uh, making an impact. He looks like he's going to be a fun one to watch as he matures and becomes an NHL player. That university football game, by the way, Manitoba leading Alberta still 23-10, one minute left in the first half. Manitoba Bisons on home uh, home soil against the Golden Bears. It was 10 nothing for Alberta early in that game. They got a uh, field goal and a fumble recovery for a touchdown. And uh, since then, it's been all Manitoba as the Bears are trying to correct an 0-2 start. Hasn't been uh, going well for them quite yet. All right, so... Uh, certainly going to be interesting to see the, the, the Oilers team go tonight because I, I would think when you look at the roster, there are a couple of guys who who could potentially be on the Oilers opening day roster. Now, I, I say potential. I don't think there are any slam dunks like Connor McDavid was, was last year. You certainly look at Jesse Pugliarve, who was taken fourth overall, and I think you certainly look at Drake Kajula, the uh, center out of the NCAA, so he's a little bit older. He won an NCAA title last year with North Dakota. So, you know, maybe one of those two guys are NHL ready. We'll we'll see what happens on the Oilers' right side once we get into playing playing games at training camp. And it will be kind of a funny funny vibe for the Oilers once we get into training camp because you got Dreisaitl and Sekera playing for Europe. you got uh, Nugent Hopkins and McDavid playing for North America. So there's three centers right there not available. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there as sorry about that as uh 
once we get into training camp, I mean, Lander's down the middle, Latestu is down the middle, so maybe Kajula gets to play more preseason games than he would have otherwise. Christopher Stieg on a professional uh, tryout contract. Maybe he plays some center. When we interviewed him a week ago when the Oilers first signed him to that deal, he said, you know, I, I know I'm listed as a right winger, but really I can play the left side. I can play down the middle if I had to. And, you know, you look at a guy like Kyle Platzer here tonight playing uh, center. The Oilers signed him to an entry-level contract back in April of 2015. He played 48 games in Bakersfield last season. Didn't have a, an overly impressive point total. He had 17 points, but again, maybe there's a depth guy who might get some additional games because so many centers are going to be away. The Oilers took uh, Platzer 96th overall back in 2013. So, you know, we'll be evaluating guys during those preseason games, and it, it, I mean, you could have some guys playing more offensive minutes in the preseason than they usually would because Dreisaitl, McDavid, and Nugent Hopkins are all going to be gone for, you know, it'll, at least the beginning. It'll depend how long they go into the World Cup. But I but I mean, if one of those two teams were to make the final, you got the potential of no one being available till until the last couple of preseason games. But uh, the actual uh, formal part of the Oilers training camp will start in uh, six days on Thursday, coming up already. All right, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. We are live from uh, Penticton. Tom in Montreal says, Hey, Reed, any thoughts on Ben uh, Ben Betker? He's been in the system for a while. It's hard to ignore his size. I haven't seen him much. Skating, anticipation, physicality. Thanks. That is from Tom in Montreal. Well, he is big. He's 6'6", 228. Yeah, I mean, I just... He wound up playing most of the season last year in Norfolk, so in the ECHL. So that's he did play 14 games in Baker, Bakersfield, but the majority of the games in the ECHL. Yeah, when I've played him, like I, when I've seen him play, he tries to be physical. Does, does he always get around that well? You know, no, he doesn't. He doesn't bring a huge offensive element to his game either. But you know, he keeps getting the look, and, and you know the old saying: when you're small you got to prove you can play when you're big you got to prove that you can't and and he keeps getting those opportunities i think largely because of his size yeah i'm not i'm not sure about uh, betker tom i mean it, it's another chance here for him to try to prove himself this week and he's, he's got to start getting to be a regular i think in the ahl this season if he's going to have a, a shot medium to long term at the nhl we'll go to regina morley scott play-by-play voice for your edmonton eskimos up next another big one for your green and gold this one just ends by the way calgary beats winnipeg four want to open up the Young Stars Classic. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Mike Riley and the Edmonton Eskimos getting ready to go. Sunday afternoon here on 6.30, Chad. 1 o'clock pregame show, 2.30 for the start of the game. Eskimos, Rough Riders. Sorry, what was that, Kellen? We, okay, we do have Morley. Perfect. I'm bringing in Morley Scott, play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Eskimos here on 6.30, Chad. I'm in Penticton. Kellen's in Edmonton. Morley's in Regina. Morley, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good, Reed. How are you? Doing great. Had Glenn Hanlon on the show about an hour ago, the oh, general, manager of the, general manager of the Vancouver Giants. He, he said you owe him a beer because uh, some, uh, of something in Jasper. He well, couldn't have he bought you a beer because you don't drink. Yeah, he must have bought me a cheeseburger or something, and I owe him a beer because <laughs> he didn't buy me a beer, I'll tell you that, yeah. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, he wants he wants a beer on, in return. Honestly, so there you go. Honestly, Reed, you'd put your money on cheeseburger, wouldn't you? Uh, I, I I would with you. Yes. Though you're generally a pretty healthy eater. You have your moments of weakness. Uh, though you were you did Vancouver Giants play by play. Was Glenn the assistant coach that season? Uh, yeah, uh, he was. I, I did not the year that the full year that I did. Uh, that was uh, Don Hay was the head coach uh, then, and uh, uh, Glenn came in as an assistant coach a couple of years later. The year that the uh, World Juniors were in Edmonton and Calgary because Don Hay was coaching Team Canada and they wanted to have a, a more familiar and a stronger presence on the bench. So they brought Glenn Hanlon in as an assistant to take over the head coaching duties at that time. And that year I went back and I did about, I think about 30 games that year for the Giants. So I got to know Glenn really well at that point too. So yeah, he's a very, very good guy and I uh, certainly wish him all sorts of luck as he uh, heads into his new uh, his new venture as general manager of the Vancouver well, Giants. Big shoes to fill too from a, a guy who has been there from day one, an Edmonton guy named Scott Bonner who was general manager of the Giants right from day one. So some big changes for that organization. Yeah, well, I said Scott's going into uh, age, uh, agent work, right? Yes, he is. He's gone to the dark side, as they say. Yeah, well, yeah, good for him. And Glenn Hanlon's an interesting guy because, uh, you know, not only has he now got into managing, he was into coaching, he coached internationally. You know, he's kind of taken a bit of a – I mean, he's obviously stayed in hockey, but a lot of guys, they either become a coach or a manager or a scout. He's kind of he's kind of dabbled in everything. Yeah, he's moved around, and I think that's great because that's, that, that fills your tool bag up, right? You get all sorts of different experiences, not just coaching in Canada. He's coached in Europe, so uh, he's learned things about the game overseas – and, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, he's been a pretty good student of the game for a long time, going right back to his uh, his goaltending days in the NHL and, of course, uh, back in junior. I think he played Brandon, did he not, in junior? I believe so. Yeah, he's, he's been around the game for a long time. He's a smart guy. All right, Morley. Well, we're getting ready here for the Eskimos uh, and the Rough Riders. Uh, here we go. Before we talk about some of the details of this game, uh, for you, last time in the broadcast booth at... I just still call it Taylor Taylor Field, the Mosaic Stadium at Taylor Field, or whichever whichever way they they align it. Uh, you know what? I I hate, I'm almost embarrassed to say this because as an I've always been telling myself I have to go to a game there. It looks like I'm never going to get the chance. Uh, uh, a, a, a special stadium, I, I, I probably time for a new one, but but certainly a unique venue in the Canadian football landscape. Yeah, a- absolutely for sure. It's funny you talk about Taylor Field and Mosaic Stadium. Uh, the old guys like us. We know it as Taylor Field originally, right? And then they sold the rights and it became Mosaic Stadium. I was talking to some Eskimo players today, and that's, that's kind of the theme of the week a little bit, right? Going to going to Regina for the last game at Mosaic Stadium. And I was talking to Philip Hunt, and I said, give me your memories, because he hasn't been in the CFL for five years. I said, give me your memories of playing at Taylor Field and what it was like for you your first time around. And he looked at me and went, Taylor Field? And I went, Mosaic Stadium. Oh, Regina, you mean? Yeah, and then he then he got the idea, right? Uh, a lot of people don't even know it as Taylor Field. I think I believe the name officially is Taylor Field at Mosaic Stadium, but it, it mostly goes by Mosaic Stadium right now. But you're right; it is a it is a special place. It it, it housed CFL games for a long, long time, uh, and uh, the best part about games CFL games at at uh, Mosaic Reed was the game itself. Everything else around it. 
uh, is not very good. It's not a very good neighborhood. It's uh, an old stadium. The windows don't work right. The phone lines don't work right. The internet doesn't work right. Uh, the dressing rooms are small. The showers don't work. You don't get hot water in them. Uh, it's a long walk up to the press box. So you have to go up these these ramps that uh, that you, you go up, and you got to do about eight or nine of them. And it's just like walking flights of stairs, but they're long ramps that you have to have to go up. Uh, it's a great place when the game's on, but everything else around the game, I don't think people really enjoy that much anymore. And that's why moving into the new one is going to be so good for the people of Regina and the people of the Riders because they've they've really lived in a in a stadium that is far from far from out. Ad- adequate right now uh they're calling it well they're not i'm calling it it's it's roger's place of football apparently so where is the where is the new stadium in relation to in, to, in relation to taylor field across the street you can see it uh you can see it from uh from the press box you can look across the street and see it it's right beside it so uh people who've been going to games there for the last couple of years get the update and they see how the new stadium is coming along the ironic part about it was uh, this year, you remember in the preseason when the lights went out at Mosaic Stadium and they delayed the preseason game for like an hour? Yep. It was the BC Lions playing there. While the lights were out at uh, Mosaic Stadium, the lights were on across the street at the new Mosaic Stadium. But they weren't ready to go over there and play yet. <laughs> okay. Well, and there's going to be a university game there in October between uh, Saskatchewan and Regina that I believe is going to be the uh, biggest attendance for a Canada West football game. I don't think they're opening up all of the new stadium, but they're going to use most of it as sort of a Run, so that's pretty cool. Morley Scott joining us inside sports on 630 Chet. It's 738. All right, so uh, the game itself is uh, another key one for the Edmonton Eskimos, who, as we've uh, pointed out over the past week, are not in a playoff spot. And I should update everybody that Hamilton leads Montreal 17-14. That one with now six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter as uh, the Tiger Cats with a win there would pull into sole possession for the time being of second place in the East Division. Uh, I mean, look, up. Uh, a huge setback for the Eskimos in, in another in, in another blown lead last week against the Calgary Stampeders. And, and you know, I've been listening to what you and Dave, the interviews of you have been doing been doing, and now they're they're really starting to be asked about it. I mean this this isn't the one or two times out of eighteen games where you lose a close game. It's unfortunately becoming a bit of a trend with this team. Yeah, the Hamilton game from earlier in the year is no longer an anomaly. That kind of set the table for the rest of the year. They're a team that has trouble playing with the lead now. I asked that very question to Jason Moss this week, and I said, why do you have trouble playing with the lead? And he, he didn't have an answer. He said, it's not one thing. It, it, every game, it seems to be a different thing, and they can't put their uh, thumb on why it's happening. So uh, they, they just want to get back to the details. And everything that's, that's wrong with the Eskimos this year seems, in their minds anyway, seems to boil down to, to execution and just playing better and, 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 and executing your assignments correctly and doing the right thing at the right time. And it, it seems to get away from from them at times in the football game, especially when they get a lead. And I, I think especially on the defensive side of the ball, and it's tough. The defense seems to not be able to dial it up a notch and match uh, the enthusiasm and match the intensity of offenses when they, you know, when teams get down, whether it's hockey or football or whatever, when teams get down and time's running out and you still got a chance, you pick it up. It's just like the team that trails by a goal in a hockey game always gets a lot of shots in the third period, right? Uh, the, the Eskimos defense just hasn't been able to, I don't think, just match the intensity that other teams' offenses have against them in those situations. Pat Watkins talked about that 
that uh, this week with me, and he says, uh, you know, we got to start making plays, plain and simple. Bottom line for the Eskimos, they got to get wins. It doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter uh, what they do to do it. they got to get wins. There's seven games left. They're not in a playoff spot, and that's a lot of time left still, but they got to start winning some football games. Yeah, I mean it's 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 getting to be dire straits. You're right. I, I mean you you look at the the crossover being the the most likely way for the Eskimos to get into the postseason. Now we'll see. They still play Winnipeg. They still see play BC twice. So there are opportunities. So who do you cheer to... for this week? Toronto plays Winnipeg. Who do you cheer for this week? That's that's a conundrum yeah, that's a for the Eskimo point. fan right now. Well, the thing is with the Eastern Division team, even if you were to sweep the season series against them and you finish tied with them, the tiebreaker goes to the team staying in its own division, right? So, yeah, I, I, you're, right, you're right. I don't know who you cheer for. You just hope the Eskimos win and that they put themselves uh, in a better position. I had Shakir Bell on the show last night. Uh, he's going to get another shot here at running back. Are there any other changes we're looking at, Morley? Uh, just off the top of my head, I don't believe so. I think pretty much for the most part, everything's staying, uh, staying as it was except for the change at running back. Might be a couple of changes on some guys playing positions on, on special teams, but I believe the, the offensive and defensive starters will stay the same for the most part. Uh, Troy Studemeyer has been in practice all week long, uh, returning kicks, but it doesn't look like, at least watching practice, it doesn't look like he's going to get into the lineup this week. Uh, what I think the Eskimos are saying is, all right, Kendall Doe knows he's here now. Let's see how he performs with the guy putting some pressure on him. Uh, and if Kenzel Doe maybe doesn't have a good game this week, maybe we'll get a chance to see Troy Studemeyer uh, after that. But uh, I, I think the Eskimos, and, and again, Jason Moss is a big, big uh, believer in continuity. He doesn't like to make changes just for the sake of making changes. If there's a need to make a change, he will make a change. And so far, he hasn't really felt much of a need to make a change uh, because of play. It's mostly been uh, because of injury, and that looks like it's the case uh, in this one with Shakir Bell going in for John White. Although we did see at the tail end of the game last week, uh, Kauchi Mawamba kind of moving in to the, the safety role ahead of Neil King. So we'll see if that continues in this game as well. All right, Morley. Well, it's going to be fun. Big one for the Eskimos. Uh, I know it'll be fun for you to call one more game there. Thanks a lot for joining us on Inside Sports tonight, buddy, and I will uh, talk to you on Sunday. All right. Don't forget to get out the tickleberries for ice cream while you're in Penticton. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Morley. I appreciate that. Uh, Morley okay. Scott, check it in tonight. Inside Sports on uh, 630 Chet. Well, speaking of play-by-play voices, we're going to bring in the uh, impromptu, unplanned cameo, uncredited cameo by Jack Michaels. It's not even going to be credited? No, we're going to leave it out of the credits. I want the rolling credits at the end to include me. <laughs> we should do the rolling credits. Song. Absolutely. That's what we should do. We should just have somebody read. Well, I usually thank the producer and the studio producer. Yeah, no, but you never thank me. I've, I've heard the end of shows that I've done. No, that's true. You're ne- not once have you ever said, you know, I'd really like to extend a heartfelt thanks to my good buddy Jack Michaels for coming on tonight's show. Never heard it once. No, I never have not done one that. Time. Well, I thank you in person. Well, you really decided to collar it up for the Young Stars tournament. What? Are you are you trying to get a dog to see or something? Oh it's yeah, all, I am. All, mon- I am. I am, bl- I am black and white. You are I'm monochromatic. Black, white, and gray. You are monochromatic. You would have looked great in the movie Raging Bull right now. I just step well, right that's onto a great the movie. set. That's probably the best sports movie of all time. Yeah, it's up there. It's up there. That's yeah, up well, there for it's, sure. It's a human drama, Jack. Yeah, but you are completely. Yeah, you're kind of freaking. I got out a right uh, black and white suit. 
I got a gray shirt and well, I got a I mean, black got and gray a tra- tie. You've got a trace of white. You're, you are pretty much, yeah, black and gray. Yeah, they're very monochromatic. Well, I got some white uh, pinstripes in my suit yeah, tonight. Yeah, your sleeves are all bunged up here. Yeah, well, I've been traveling all day. I, I know, know you're where rumpled. I was half you're the time. I had, to, I had to land the plane on one of the times you're of the way. You're a radio host right it's now. Like, <laughs> look at him. Look at that disheveled was, sleeve. Yeah, that is, oh, yeah, it is yeah. pretty messed up. I, yeah, didn't, I, didn't oh, even yeah. I don't know that. what happened there. But. Yeah. So I would land today, uh, which because I went to Vancouver. and Yeah, it was the flight from Edmonton to Vancouver. Yes. So there's uh, a, a, a couple sitting next to me, and the minute the plane touches down, he takes his seatbelt off, and then he reaches over and takes his wife's, wife's seatbelt off. As like we're, we just landed, and the announcement is on, like, as they're doing it, please don't take your seat. But I was like, well, they must not speak English, and, and they, they didn't. And uh, so I, I was like, I'm pointing to the, like, I'm pointing to their laps. Oh, you're not telling then, them to put the, the seatbelt on, are you? Yeah, because I was don't like, this isn't, this isn't safe. Don't be that guy. Are you a nervous traveler, nervous flyer? No, I just... I just felt I, I just felt like I should be I, I wasn't trying to be that guy I was trying to be helpful because yeah, I didn't want I don't them to smash their brains and, I don't know whether anyone they, really likes a guy who and they were probably in their probably in their 70s and I felt like well you know if my parents were confused as they often are probably right well, when now when people offer unsolicited advice some weird stuff can happen I once was on a plane this is one of my favorite this is probably my favorite airplane story of all time uh, the guy was on a cell phone and you know it was one of those hey please turn off your cell phones we're you know getting ready to take off and the guy was chatting away on his cell phone i'm just kind of it was an early morning flight and i was kind of drifting off reading a sports illustrator or something like that and i i i just out of the corner of my eye i saw this lady said something uh to this guy and then a second time and then a third time and the third time i caught it you know hey you're they're they're telling you to turn your cell phone off and he said something, but he is kind of directly in front of me, and she's off to the side on a diagonal. And uh, all I heard her say was, excuse me? And then the guy repeated this time. He screamed at her. I said, shut the front door. Right. And, like, loudly so that now everyone on the plane heard it. Right. And, it's, and the uh, flight attendants came bolting up to, like, prevent it. But that was... That was the weirdest thing I've ever yeah. seen on an airplane. See, and usually and I, she was like 65, and he was, you know, 30. I mean, he was, yeah, he was way out of line. See, usually, I, and usually I wouldn't get involved like that. Yeah. Like, if people take their belts off, you know, as we're, but, right. but I just felt like we just landed, and yeah. I didn't know how long we were going to be taxing. I thought, well, maybe I should. You, th- you thought maybe the taxi I might get a little bumpy. Or if, or if uh, you know, an attendant walks by and then would get ups, upset with them, because I've seen flight attendants get upset with people who don't, you know, or make, you know, don't follow the rules, or don't have their trade up or who are walking around a lot. So I was like, well, maybe I'll just say, oh, I think they want you to still have your belt on. But then I wind up doing this awkward sign language and I'm pretending to propel my own head into the, into the seat ahead of me. And I think... They wow, were, you really they're, decide they're, to act they're, it They're out. just like, why is this guy performing yeah. some kind of a one-man show? See, on right the now in the their native tongues, they're telling the story about the lunatic they sat on the plane next to. Yeah, probably. Out of Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly Well, what. they wouldn't necessarily know I was, I was from Edmonton. I do got to thank you for something, though. Uh, Jack, I will say this. I, I've talked on this show a few times this summer, and when one night I actually became very 
passionate and almost despondent about it where I was getting texts of support from listeners and Ryan Jesperson was listening and just happened to call in to kind of talk me down a little oh, bit. Oh, why? What this was about my, my, my golf journey this summer and to improve my, my golf game and be a little more committed to the game. And I will say, of all of... All my my friends, if I can call you that, yeah, Jack, absolutely. I you would you, hope so. you have been one of the most supportive in, in that journey through my my golf. Career. I told it's you, very, if you, very if you have a good putting round, together. one of these days you're going to shoot a low score, and you did the other day. I did have you a good putting, and I actually shot 90 on the yeah. number. I had a good putting. I mean, round, that so. one day you shot whatever it was, a buck oh two. I I've never seen anyone putt worse because you hit the ball better than I did, and I think you finished four or five strokes uh, behind. I think it. that was the day I shot 100 on the number, and or whatever I was, it was. I was, but you were lousy. I, I was terrible. rarely even two putting. I was yeah. often three, and there was even a par five. I was on in regulation, and I and I four putted. Yeah, you you so had the, as the, tough a putting day as I've ever seen, and that's even recreationally speaking. Yeah. yeah. So I do thank you for that, Jack, and I, I do thank you for well, coming your bar, on this program. Ball striking for the most part this summer has been very good. It's been improving. I'm, I'm in play most of the time. Yeah, I'm, not exactly. a, I'm not a long hitter, obviously, but uh, I keep it in play. Hey, we're in Pentecty. We should probably talk a little bit about this young stars term. I assume let's that's take at least a, a portion of why let's, you let's have Take a break, and then we'll do that after the break. You got time? Did I did I unwittingly kind of transition us into a break right there? No, we need to take a break oh, all right. for, for time. Oh, okay. And then we'll uh, do a little Pentic. All right, talk. sounds good. It's Inside Sports on Chad, live from Pentic. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, Jack, you're... Color commentator is going to be in a lousy mood tonight. 23-10, Manitoba leading the Golden Bears, Canada West football, early in the third quarter. It was 10-0 Bears early, got a field goal and a defensive touchdown. He had the live streaming going, so he's already got his computer up and running early. What was the one story you have? He was watching Canada West volleyball during a game once? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's pretty standard. I mean, <laughs> I you know, he's a, an excellent multitasker. He is. Yeah, well, their game in front of him and it's Canada West something. I mean, it's it, football, volleyball, you name it. He's He's got the sport. He's got all the coverage. I, don't, I didn't even know. I mean, as you know, Bob is not the most gifted in terms of technology, but he, he manages. Uh, he must have that Canada West feed. He's got the deluxe. I think he's of, got a backdoor. He's a platinum subscription. I mean, there's it's no a, yeah, doubt it's about like it. Canada West. Because he gets every sport. <laughs> CanadaWest.org backslash Stoffer feed. That's what he uses. Yeah. It just gives him I everything I mean, he's he got wants. the badminton. He's got the squash. <laughs> he's got everything going. That is Jack Michaels. It's Inside Sports on Chet. It's 7.54 in Edmonton, 6.00. 654 here in Penticton. Oilers and Canucks Young Stars game coming up uh, in about, well, 36 minutes now. Uh, Jack, and, and again, I, I ran your interviews with uh, Fleming, Kajula, and uh, Benning. Some interesting angles. No Tice, uh, Tyler Benson tonight. Maybe uh, maybe tomorrow. Bit of a shoulder tweak for him. But, I mean, I'm, I started talking in the first half hour. I'm looking at Baron Jones. I'm, look, uh, I'm looking at Pugliarve. Uh, I'm looking at Chase. Where is he at? I'm looking at Bet, Betker and Platzer. They've been here before. So, guys at different stages. Stages all looking to prove themselves here over the next three, potentially four games if you count the Golden Bears. Yeah, and you know, as far as Tyler Benson's concerned, I mean, you know, if he's got a bit of a shoulder issue, I, I don't necessarily expect him to see to see him in this tournament. I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this tournament takes a significant backseat to what Tyler Benson hopes to accomplish this year in taking a large step forward in his overall game at the Western Hockey League level. So I'm not so sure, you know, if there's anything not 100 
100%. Generally speaking, you don't see a guy play in this tournament. So I, I'm not necessarily sure we're going to see Tyler Benson, the 32nd overall pick. We are going to see Yesapulia Yarvi play for the first time since his season ended with Garbot. And again, you know, it, it bears a note that he was, and not Patrick Laine, the leading scorer and the MVP at the World Juniors, which Finland won this year. So uh, a lot of people are excited to see him. He, of course, did not take not take part in the development camp in uh, Jasper. He had his own knee issue that he just needed to attend to. It wasn't a serious problem, but, you know, he, he could tell he's excited to, you know, don the oiler colors and, and get his game going. I think uh, in terms of Puglia Yarvi and a guy like, guys like Matt Benning and Drake Kajula, I think those two genuinely believe they can play games in the NHL at some point this year, and this is the first step. You want to make a positive impression right off the bat. In all likelihood, Kajula and Benning are going to be, especially Benning, going to begin the season uh, at the American Hockey League level, and this is going to be their coach, Jerry Fleming, uh, the man who's running the Oiler bench tonight. So it's a chance to make positive first impressions. I believe Kajula's wearing the C tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. Kyle Platzer returning. He's another guy that's looking for uh, a year that puts him at the next level. Yeah. Uh, you know, ratchet up his prediction, his production at the American Hockey League level. For these guys, for these 2013 picks, guys like Ben Becker and Kyle Platzer, it's their last go-round at this tournament and their last go-round to make a significant impression on Edmonton Oilers management if they want to pursue a future in this organization. So uh, it, it's an interesting uh, mix for Edmonton. I mean, only 10 of the 27 players they brought to Penticton are their own draft picks, yep. and only seven are going to actually be playing tonight. The other guy, and usually, you know, there's so much of a, a focus on goaltending, and it's almost been an afterthought tonight with Puyi and, and Drake Kajula seemingly owning most of the focus, but Nick Ellis is a guy who I think in a perfect world, Edmonton wants to challenge Laurent Brassois and push him a little bit at the American Hockey League level. That is Jack Michaels. He's going to be calling the play-by-play in about 33 minutes inside sports live from Penticton. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.